This is Inside with Outsiders. I'm Jeremy Iscari, and today's guest is your boy, Mike. What's going on? I'm, I'm good. I was trying to make that intro, like, <laughs> similar to your intros on your videos. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for, for reaching out. And, yeah. And we recently connected through, uh, through social, and your, your social account is kind of things to do in New York, but authentic to locals, in a sense. So it's, it's real shit to do. Right. Like at the end of the day, it's it's for anybody. It's for locals. It's for tourists. Like, listen, you can come to New York and go to the seven places in the checkbook that nobody ever goes to. Right. Except the tourists that go there. Or you can experience what New York has to offer. And like, that's what New York is beautiful for. Like we, and you. You only realize that when you leave New York. Right. So like, oh, for sure. like the beauty of it is this doesn't exist in many places anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. I didn't realize that until I grew up here, right? And I went to school my freshman year of college in Ohio. Okay. And I thought everywhere was like this. Yeah. You know, more or less. Like, and I was shocked. Yeah. You know, it's incredible. So you know, it's um, I, I'm just trying to experience the world from a, a real perspective, mm -hmm. and uh, share oh, my story along with call. it. Chris is yelling at me about having my phone on silent. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. I like seeing him run and get the phone. I don't know. It's a little payback for my phone always vibrating. There you go. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know. I mean, we we all know here how amazing New York is. The reason why we live here. Yeah. Uh, I kind of want to know how like, your story. Like that's pretty. It's, so it's interesting because you're not. Uh, you know the stereotypical creator, right? No, most no, creators no, no. are women with these radio voices, and, right? You right. Know, for the most part, and you're—I mean, I sound like a New Yorker. You are very much so, yeah. Yeah. So I've been here my whole life. Yeah. I mean, with the exception of college, which was in Western New York, mm -hmm. um, and during which period I spent a semester living in Costa Rica. Really nice. Yeah. Um, I've been here my whole life. I've been in Queens, um, stayed in Queens. Born and raised. Yeah, my parents still live in the same house I grew up in, oh, in Regal Park. Regal Park? Yeah. Okay. yeah. My so dad lived in uh, Far uh, Forest Hills for a little bit when I was a kid. Yeah. So um, I, I've experienced New York my whole life. So a lot of the evolution to where I am today, like I've been creating for over six years, um, has just been getting to the stuff that I do. Right. Like when, when my content shifted to just kind of like, you being able to look into my contact lens and get a perspective as to the city and the experiences that I have, that's when I s really saw growth, and that's when shit popped off. Well, that's authentic, because you have the insight that most people don't have. And on top of that, even if you're a native New Yorker, your insight is going to be different from someone else's. Right. I mean, even for, in regards to outsiders, like the stuff I choose is stuff that I want to do or I've done. Like one of our most successful trips we've done uh, as far as like multi-day trips was Zion National Park and that was a trip that I had done a few years before that and I loved so much and I knew people I, I, and I, I documented a little bit on my Instagram stories and people were, were commenting how, how amazing it looked so when yeah. I really copied and pasted that trip for everyone else I knew it was going to work yeah um, yeah just just doing what you like and because you, you know you're not unique enough to be the only one that likes it Correct, right? Yeah. Like, if you like it, there's the, the likelihood is there's enough of other people that like it, right? So, mm -hmm. are you going to convince somebody into something? Generally, no, in anything, right? right? Like, so, but there's enough of other people that see things in a similar manner that you can 
fuck with. Yeah. Right? It's like finding your tribe. Well, what, what you said you got into creating six years ago. Yeah. Um, I want to know how you got into that, but before that, like, what did you study? What were you, I know you're also a real estate agent. Correct. What were you, what did you want to be coming out of school or going into school? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, you go to college and you, you want to do a whole bunch of different things. And I did my four years and it was 2003. I graduated. The economy wasn't that great. I ended up in retail management and spent six and a half years running various stores and districts for a major electronics retailer. And then they went out of business when the economy crashed. Mm -hmm. And I took a month off. I went to Africa, sat on like uh, Egypt and Sudan. And um, I sat on my couch and watched Family Guy in South Park for about a month. And I was like, fuck it, I'm done with corporate America. I was like, let me try real estate. Like my pops had done it for about a decade and change at that point, mostly in Queens. And he had just shifted into the city. And I was like, let me try this. And that was 13 years ago. Yeah. Um, And it's opened a ton of doors uh, and allowed me to do kind of things. And it's what started in the content world because there's no, at that juncture six years ago, there was no real estate content. Like people kept that information so close to the chest for reasons I just didn't, never understood. So I was like, I'm just going to create the real estate content. Taught myself how to video edit. Um, And then I did that for a year and a half, created maybe 200 pieces of content. And um, I was just like, "Eh, there's only so much you can cover. And frankly, you only really care about real estate if you're in the business or actively involved in some sort of real estate transaction. Maybe you watch like the real estate porn, which is like the $6 million apartment in Brooklyn occasionally, but you don't care, right? And at that point, I was building a team. Um, I grew like a 10-person team. Real estate team. Real estate team. And I just shifted to like teaching the lessons that I would teach my agents. I'm like, if I'm teaching my agents these things, the likelihood is that anybody can use it for any business. Right. Um, And did that for about another year and then got sick of editing. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to hire a full-time video editor to like blogger to follow me around and create content and do it all. And did that for a year. And then got sick of content. I was like, fuck this shit. I'm like, Facebook is where our parents go to complain. Instagram is everybody living their best fake life. Yeah. Like TikTok was just like kids dancing at that point. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I'm done. I'm like, I need a break. And I took like a month and a half off. And I still had Instagram just to talk to people like right. through, through stories and such. And I created a TikTok. And the first video I made went viral. The first one? The first video. And it was a repurposed Instagram story. Honestly. What was it about? So it was one of my agents who always, like, talks shit about Queens, yeah. right? And then, like, she finally got an apartment in Queens. Yeah. So, like, I'm just fucking with her in the video. And yeah. that's, that's all it really was. Right. And it just was, like, that spark of motivation that I needed. And then I was able to actually just be myself. And because I had the video editing experience, it worked very easily to just go click, 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 right. click, click, put something together, and you're done. But w- so, what was this video like? What do you say went viral? I think it ended up with like 400,000 views. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. Um, how early on is this in the TikTok? This is October 2019. Okay, so very early on. This is right after it was. Because it, it, ch- it used to have a different name, right? Well, yeah. It used to be. Uh, um, Dancing, uh, yeah. bite, not bite dance. 
whatever. It was. I don't know. We yeah. can Google it and yeah. insert it right here in the <laughs> caption. <laughs> um, it's gonna bother me now. It's all right. Uh, yeah, so it, it had been around for a while. It wasn't new, new at that point. Um, and at first, like, it wasn't any specific thing that I, I hear was doing. someone Googling it back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was it called? Um, and I just showed a side of New York, right? Mm. And food eventually, sh- like, became a thing that I did, and that really kind of has done very well. And it, it's been an evolution. You so know? essentially, you didn't go in there with the goal of having cer- a certain kind of page. You just went and started posting stuff that represented you, right? Yeah. Like, I realized New York was unique enough that people want, like, so many people come here. Like, it's it's the top international tourist destination year after year for, like, the last decade, minus Corona and, right, right? O- or within the top three. So it's like, it's not just a topic for the people that live here. It's a topic for the people that want to come here and that genuinely want to experience it. And I, I truly believe that authenticity is one of the most undervalued assets that we have. And I think TikTok is proving that to be true because mm-hmm. you see people that are not the typical beauty model or perfect sound be successful. You see vulnerability right. win in a way that never has before. Well, you also see non-New York locals, you know, transplants, implants, whatever you want to call them, being representatives of things to do in New York and and also achieving success. You know, but some of them are actually, you know, being authentic to New York's roots and featuring local spots. Yeah. But hearing it from somebody with your voice, literally your voice, yeah, is, yeah. is much different. Yeah. Right. And and that that change happened during Corona. Like, I had linked up with a couple of other creators that had significantly larger audiences than myself at that point, and we went to ironically hang out in Corona. Um, Corona Queens? Yeah. Okay. We, got some <laughs> <laughs> we got some lemon ices. Oh, nice. We went there as well during yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and then we drove around a bit and got some uh, Korean barbecue in, mm. in Woodside. And one of the guys was like, yo, your voice. He's like, you need to use it. And at that point... TikTok was just putting in, like, heavily pushing the voiceover feature. Yeah. So the video I did that day of one of the places that we went was the first one I used voiceover in, and it did significantly better than anything I had done at that point. And that the rest is history. It's funny because I want to shout out Katie Romero, who's also a creator. I think that's how we connected as yeah. well. Uh, she came to the Camping Weekend we had along with... Uh, um, Gabriella, Gabriella, which is Gourmet Gab, and uh, Cynthia Audrey, mm-hmm. three creators. And on the way back, we were in the same uh, van, and we were just talking social and talking about um, outsiders, and they started giving me tips about like creating the video. So we actually did the video in the van on the way back. Yeah. And they're coaching me on, on voiceovers. And it's my first time I ever did a voiceover. Yeah. And uh, since then, I realized like I'm doing more of these because... They they respond so well to they, they, there's a lot a lot more likely uh, chance that people will interact with those videos than otherwise. I mean, it's just the evolution of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we watch a lot less TV than we did five years, and we consume just as much on, on devices of individual people. So it's not the stuff that big networks are serving us. It's right. our now following mom and pops and individuals that do a variety of different things that we're into or yeah. we like. 
Yeah, you I, know, I agree. So you know, when you talk about like the transplant or the thing, th- there's a voice for everybody, yeah. right? Like, you know, there there's a side of food TikTok or or Instagram that's very high end New York, mm-hmm. right? Like, and that's a totally different yeah. aspect. But listen, there's there's people that are into that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. I'm generally not, yeah. right? Like, I'll try it if somebody wants me to, but yeah. that's generally not what I fuck with. And it was funny you say that because. I'm I'm kind of the same way. I mean, at least when I travel and I go somewhere, I don't want someone taking me to the the five star Michelin rated place. And mm-hmm. I'll go on occasion. Like I want to go to where the locals eat and it's yeah. good. And they don't want to and they don't want to cook. And it's funny because I'm I'm g- I finalized our Mexico City Day of the Dead trip, but nice. we're trying to organize a locate like what we're gonna go to dinner for last night. Mm-hmm. And they just sent me uh, a, a restaurant as an option, and this was like a fancy hotel restaurant I would see everywhere. Like yeah. absolutely not. Yeah. Bring me to the place that I look. W- it looks like I might get food poisoning. Yeah, that's where I want to go. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like you feature a lot of cool stuff in New I York. I try to. I try yeah. to like feature. See, New York is is unique because of how big we are, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're we're lucky to have so many different things. Like even other major cities may may have like one or two Indian restaurants. Like. Right. We have hundreds, if not thousands, in New York. And you're featuring boroughs, not just Manhattan. Yeah, I mean, well, generally the best of anything is not in Manhattan, right? Like, if you look, and and there's some exceptions, but generally, like the best, the best pizza is not in Manhattan. The best bagel is not in Manhattan. You know, so um, it's just the best of what I think New York is, and it's my perspective, and it's now scaling it to other places and bigger things. When when I met you outside today, you yeah. told me you'd gone to a couple of locals places. I told you about uh, Chris's photo exhibit of Bergen Line. Yeah, you know where he went today where? for lunch? Dos Amigos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you like that, yeah. dude. That's probably been how long is that spot been there? That spot's been there since the eighties. In fact, it might even be longer than that. Yeah, I mean, uh, as far as we know, we went there in high school, so yeah. that was in the nineties. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think it's probably been there since like the mid eighties. And that thing, yeah, that place is like famous. But yeah. what's great is like. It's famous to locals. Who else knows about this? A lot of people know about Dos Amigos. Uh, no, no, but in Jersey. Oh. You ever talk to people in Queens or Brooklyn? Nah, you're not know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you can find some of that shit out in Queens and Brooklyn, too. Same style. Like, right, but he's featuring, what's great is he's featuring these places now, kind of like our incentive to, to do that photo uh, exhibition for Bergen Line. You know, get these mom and pop shops yeah. some, some shine because they don't have the money corporate, corporate America has. Oh, yeah, and they're getting pushed out. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, I don't know if you're doing that purposely, but you're you're doing that. I, I mean, my my search is for the best food. Right. Right. So like, in my life experience, the best food generally comes from people that have made it through difficult times at a variety of times. Right. Mm-hmm. And that tells, and and there's some newcomers always. You get that, but like, I just I just want to experience what I, I enjoy. Like I I love food. Right. So I, I try to go to places. It's not always intentional. There are, I am a little bit impartial to Queens. Like a business from Queens reaches out, they're always going to get a little more love. Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to get extra score, right? right? But they'll always get a little more love yeah. than somebody in Brooklyn right. or, or, you know, Manhattan. Um, but it's just, it's been an evolution into just finding those places everywhere. Yeah. Right, because I think they exist. Like the best food is not always in fancy restaurants. Fancy restaurants have good food. Don't get me wrong, but like. But I feel like it's the same experience in those fancy restaurants. A lot of it. 
a lot you're of getting it. the same experience. The food might be slightly different, but you're yeah. going to these these local dive hole in the wall places, mm -hmm. and you're getting a very unique experience, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. I think I think experience plays a major part in it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's funny because we have a client that we represent. Uh, we run their social, and it's fine dining, Italian, high end. Yeah. Um, but it's it's very much the experience, like tableside service, very fancy, but like not stuffy. Like you don't ever feel like ever judged. Like the place is right. very comfortable and feels very 1950s to 70s ish. Mm -hmm. um, so it's fun, and their food is fucking incredible. So that always helps. Yeah. But um, a lot of it is experience, right? And it's it's what differentiates you. So like in their case, the tableside service, right? But that's what is the difference in like what we consume and the time we spend with the, the people we spend time with. You, I didn't realize you really focused a lot on food. Because um, you also mentioned you're a big outdoorsy person. Uh -huh. So how did the outdoors come about? What was your childhood like? So I was, I, I was involved in, in scouting for about 30 years. When you say scouting. Like you Boy Scouts. Yeah. From like the age of seven to about 37. Um, what do you do with boys, like as far as, as a Boy Scout, mm -hmm. when as an adult, is it you go from being the Boy Scout to becoming uh, like a like a leader, a, a leader? Yeah, that like helps facilitate the program. Okay. Yeah, like so, the program is very like scout driven. So like you're like the like the person that sits in the background and make sure nobody burns the cabin down, kind of shit. Right. Yeah. Like, and you try to impart some wisdom on these kids and right. lead them in the right direction and, and you know, provide leadership and, and teach them how to be leaders. What motivated you to, to do that? From everything that I got. Like, I'm an Eagle Scout, so, like, I went through the program myself. So it was, like, I felt like the least I could do is that, and my life allowed it at that point. Mm -hmm. um, so I s I've spent an exorbitant amount of time in the woods. Like, I once calculated I, I've spent about two years of my life. Really? In the woods, yeah, like, nights between... Weekends we spent away. Two weeks in the summer we would spend away. Well, it's like funny because the the uh, outsiders outing you chose was river tubing, right? Yeah. So it's it's kind of if you're not an outdoors person, you're still gonna do that because it's, yeah, it's yeah. fun. Yeah. But we gotta get you. I want to get you out into the woods, like yeah, seeing the hikes yeah, yeah. or whatever. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I tubing it. tubing was something. It's funny. Like tubing was something I've wanted to do for I haven't done for a long while, yeah. and I've wanted to do. And my wife and I tried to during Corona, and mm -hmm. we got to this place, and it was just like, like COVID waiting to happen kind of thing. We were like, nah, bro. Like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were like, there were, there were no masks. Like, this is before any vaccination, and then it was like a party. Like, forget, forget COVID existed. Yeah. And like, we weren't at the point of being okay with that, right? So it was like, all right, we'll do this again. And then again, never happened. So when I saw that opportunity, I was like, fuck it. And like that weekend, I was like on a staycation weekend. So it was the perfect end to that. Yeah. Because I just spent two days like just chilling in a hotel in the city just to take some time to myself. And um, it was it was incredibly relaxing. Did you ever anticipate like the the success of your content creation to be making you the income you're getting from it now? Was that your goal when you started? So Tim's? it wasn't the goal when I started. Um, I, and, and like where things are right this moment, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't necessarily fathom at that point. 
But like anything, you know, if you put in enough of work, like eventually you'll see success, mm-hmm. right? Re- regardless of what the business is, so on and so forth. So, um, I always thought it would pop at some point. I the some point that it popped is not the point that I popped expected it to pop. Mm-hmm. Um, like I had a conversation with my wife at the beginning of this year, the end of last year, beginning of this year, and I'm like, listen, I'm like. I'm gonna like do real estate part time, right? Like, this is gonna be my full time shit. Like, this is gonna be how. And like, my wife runs the back end of both businesses, the real estate and the social, right? So like, all of our income is ultimately tied together. Right. Right. So I was like, this is what I'm gonna do. And like, she was like, yo, you need to have like a plan. And I'm like, I don't have a plan. I'm like, I do have a plan. I'm like, these are the w- th- these are the areas we're gonna get money, right? We're mm-hmm. gonna run social for different places. We're gonna throw events we're gonna do different things and you know we're gonna make money from views we're gonna make money from collabs and we're gonna make money from places that pay us to come there um and sorry (laughs) and that was that was like december january yeah and like we had made some money before nothing consistent and then april Yeah. <laughs> April. April was the first month that the, like the sun started to shine. And May was the first month where social income exceeded real estate income. Mm-hmm. And it's been like that since then. Um, and I'm kind of like waiting till it hits like six months before like I'm like, yeah, this is what I do full time. Yeah, yeah. Just because like I want to like see it, make it real. But what would that mean for you? If if like if you could actually live full time on this, would you let go of real estate? No, I'm gonna keep my license, yeah. right? Because the reality is, at this point, the business that I've done is enough that like, like if you call me and you're like, "Yo, my son wants to sell a condo in Brooklyn," like I'll help you find it, right? right? Like, but I'm not gonna go try to get business, right? Mm-hmm. And if your friend is unrealistic, I'm gonna think like, "Hey, listen, like, I'm gonna connect your friend with somebody else, right? right? Like, and just take a referral fee or whatever." Um, but I'm gonna like probably do. Like last year, I did 125 deals. This wow. year, I'll do about 12. Next year, I hope to do about four. 125 deals to 12? Yeah. yeah. That's a huge difference. In all fairness, like yeah. a couple of that, a couple of that was like a huge rental project. So we did a bunch of deals in there, but it was still, um, you know, significant amount of transactions. Um, but it's just shifting, right? Like I'd rather, I'd rather sell your grandma's family in Williamsburg than rent 42 apartments. Yeah. Right, like just yeah, that's smarter. Yeah, you know, because then it allows me to do what I'm doing elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And I've done it for so long, there's no reason to walk away from it when at this point it's automated. Like it's not, it's people reaching out to me from relationships I've already it's built. Residual so. to a certain yeah, extent. So. What, what about, as far as the social media side, the content creation side, how do you feel? And I've thought about this myself with outsiders. Is a lot of our our conversions and, and growth has come through social media. Do you get nervous putting so much weight and so much reliance on an Instagram, on a TikTok? Because you know, especially TikTok. If you lose TikTok, it's not like it's an American company where you can so have customer service. So yes. Um, not to jinx it either. No, no, no. So it's it's funny you say that. Um, yes. So what you try to do is be in multiple places, right? <coughs> and what I realized is 
we all watch vertical video generally in one place, right? And that place is unique to who we are. It's not that we don't see vertical video in other places, not that it doesn't exist, but we generally consume it in one place. So if you watch Instagram Reels, that's what you watch. If you watch TikTok, that's what you watch, right? But the person who watches each is different. So if you take that piece of content from TikTok, right, and make it for TikTok, it then works on Instagram Reels, it works on YouTube Shorts, it works on Facebook Reels, it works on Snapchat. Because literally everybody wants to be TikTok right now. Right. Right? So what you then can do is build an audience from there on these other platforms. And then ultimately the goal is to, you know, extrapolate data so you have a way to always contact people. Emails, phone numbers, so on. Exactly. Um, but a lot of it is relationships. A lot of it's the ability to send a text message to somebody and be like, yo, can you connect me with your relationship with liquid death? I need water for an yeah. event. Right? Like, so many things happen like that. Well, that's so the strongest, the biggest things that happen that way. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's a longer picture and, like, a bigger theory, but it works. Like, I, I have videos that just literally blew up on Instagram um, within the last week. The one you posted with Outsiders, I don't know if that's considered blowing up to you, but that's got a lot of views. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, that did very well. Yeah. Um, so a video that I posted um, from TikTok that did well on TikTok, it got very well on TikTok. It got two and a half million views. Um, just crossed 11 million on Instagram. Wow. And like as a byproduct of that, like my following has grown over 100,000 followers just in the last week. On 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 Instagram, wow! Yeah. What did you have before? I was at like seventeen, and then when we were together, like that day on the bus, like I hit twenty five k. Yeah, and I took a picture of it. I was like, yo! And now you're at over a hundred. Now I'm at a, almost one hundred and thirty. With that's two weeks ago. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so things change, right? Yeah. Like as a byproduct of that, and it's what do you do then with that change, right? Yeah. Like. You, you put in the work to get to that point, and then you get the flash in the pan moment, yeah. right? And then what do you do as a byproduct of that is ultimately what determines where you go. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm just enjoying the moment, honestly. Yeah. It's a little surreal, like picking up your phone and looking at what the numbers look like. But if I take a step back and I look at the body of work that I've put in to get to that point to put out that video for it to work on multiple platforms, like... It didn't just happen. Of course. So it's anything. Like, it could be content. It could be... Well, I mean, it's honestly, it's, it's the assumption that the, it'll steadily increase. No, there's going to be times it's going to be flat, maybe lose some, and then there's going to have to do with spikes. Absolutely. And there's going to be time when it's down. Yeah. Those are the best times. Because it makes you grind. Right. It, yeah. Like, you know, the, the, that's where you learn. You learn from L's. So what's your... What's your, uh, what's your goal and obviously you know that's a very vague question mm -hmm. but currently as you sit in front of me mm -hmm. where do you see this happening you, where do you see this going because you got to have s some sort of vision yeah no absolutely um i mean it depends on the term we're talking about honestly uh let, let's let's say where do you see your content creation career taking you so and i, I that's very safe? much see a production company starting um probably within the next year right it just makes sense from that standpoint. Um, and then essentially because of that, I can create whatever I want. And then I can use those resources to open other doors that 
don't exist, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but taking that on is probably about a quarter of a million dollars, maybe three hundred thousand dollars in salaries. So it's you know coming up with either sponsorship um, or enough of revenue justified by content or whatever it yeah. may be to pay for that. Um, and that's that's kind of the next step. And then there are some. At that point, you'll see some probably programmatic-ish content come out mm-hmm. that I've wanted to shoot for a while. Like what? What do you mean by that? Something more like a series that you might sell to Netflix or Amazon or okay. Hulu or something. That's some real progression right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but I think like you can do it now, right? Like none of this shit was possible. Like just what we're doing right now, sitting right here, yeah. like five years ago, this would have been significantly more expensive. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, it would have been cost prohibitive, right? Right to do what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Now, you can do almost all of it just on your phone. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like I, I use my, I use an old cell phone. I don't even have the newest shit, and I use a light yeah. that was ninety bucks, yeah. and that's how I create the majority of my content. Yeah, and that's why we see so much content coming out there. Well, everyone's producing content, but if you're able to go viral and stand out, yeah. there's a lot of value in that, and that's yeah. why I think. Everyone's creating content, but it's hard to find good content. Well, you 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 follow what you're attracted to, mm-hmm. right? So, like, different people attracted different things, and that's why different things are successful. And there's always people trying, um, which saturates the market, of course. But cream always rises to the top. Do you have a uh, a favorite client or a favorite video you've shot that stands out? Um, no. <laughs> what kind of response is that? Um, <laughs> Something came to mind, what happened? No, 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 nothing came to mind. Like, I have such trouble with this favorite question. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, I think the cool, and this is not a plug at all, right? Like, but on the 200th episode I did of my uh, best place to feed in New York City series. I went to this fancy restaurant in Midtown that I normally would not go to, right? The owner's daughter DM'd me and she's like, hey, my dad would love to have you at his restaurant. And I looked him up and I was like, damn, that's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, shit. I'm like, all right, you know, I paid my wife something nice for that. We'll do something different, yeah. right? And we go and the meal was incredible. And I'm I'm half Italian American, like, and if I'm co-signing on anything Italian, it's got to be good, yeah. right? Like that good. Like the chicken parm is some of the best I've had in my life. Really? Yeah. And their social was atrocious, and I left there, and I was like, I told, turned to my wife, and I was like, Yo, I'm gonna run your social one day. And fast forward four months, right? I tried to I tried to pitch them early, and they listened, and then ghosted me, and four months, and then they hired me, and now like. That's something I'm doing. So just, I just think it's like believing in the moments when we have those visions, like when we're in the moment and then we're doing something and something is like, yo, peak this. Yeah. Like I think it's those kind of moments that stand out. Because at the end of the day, you eat in so many different places or you travel to so many different places or you experience so many different things with so many different people. But I think it's the moments that we have a touch and then we can see that spark that that's when things become special. Do you want to shout them out? Oh, yeah. It's Cucina 8.5. Okay. Uh, 812 New York. At 812 New York. <laughs> okay. 
I got a question. You're, sure. uh, being that you're somebody, you know, your, your, your food and everything. Yeah. Do you have a spot that you always, like, to go to, you always go to? Like, you at least once a week, maybe twice a week, do you always there to grab something? So, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, like, I'm sorry. These questions are hard. These are like, well, no, we got to rephrase them for you because I know you hate the favorite spot yeah, yeah. stuff. No, no, what no. comes to mind first is what we should say. So there, there's there's definitely a handful of places yeah. that I spend a lot of time at, right? That I go to a lot. Like so today I brought pastries from uh, Fortunato's Bakery in Brooklyn. Yeah, you're supposed to wait till the last oh, segment. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut this, right? No, that's all good. It, well, we, we we go on the fly. Go ahead. Yeah, my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> you should have told me this. So uh, no, I should have. That's my fault. <laughs> Don't bring bring food. Don't tell me why. But it's okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> all right, go ahead. I cut you off. Um, there's a handful of places that yeah. I go to. Like there's Martha's Bakery. I go to at least once every couple. Couple of weeks, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, Fortunato's. There's Bellucci's Pizza in Astoria, Brooklyn Bagel, which is Astoria, Williamsburg in the city now. Um, Tavernic Greek Lavas. I'm probably in once a month. Are you also Greek? No, no. I'm Italian, German, and English. Okay. And then I speak Spanish, so it fucks everybody up. <laughs> um. What's funny is that between the two of your voices here, we got some real authentic <laughs> New York, New Jersey. Plus, Bam is uh, Puerto Rican and Irish. Nice. You nice, guys, nice, you guys nice. could be brothers, actually. Um, <laughs> so I generally default to like, like. So I wrote a book, right? Ninety nine places you must eat in New York, which is. You wrote a book. Yeah. When so did you write this book? Uh, last year, get it? Uh, the beginning of this year. Um, it's available digitally. Um, and it's repurposing the content that I've already put out, just picking the 99 best places that I could eat in, right? So in that, you very quickly realize, like, there's only so many that I've given 9.4 and above to. There's only six places I've given a perfect 10 to. Um, so it's, it's, you know. Have you been to Rayo's? I have not. I can't get in that one. I've been there once. Yeah. 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 Maybe after this video, somebody will see it and be like, hey, Mike, come to Rayo's. Yeah. I, I have so that's the place you want to go to? I'd love to, of course. Yeah. So what are, these, what are these places that stand out? It's just, it's food. Like, you know that moment in your life when you've eaten something, and it's like, fuck. That's yes. the best thing I've ever had. I had a, a moment like that about a month ago. Right. Uh, I was in Paris, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine owns... Him and his brother own uh, one of the best seafood restaurants. But I'd been there three times in the last <coughs> week and a half. And I was like, I don't want to go there again tonight. Like, don't worry, we're not going there. One of our regulars owns a restaurant around the corner. So we went, and it's this steakhouse. And we almost accidentally ordered a 500-year-old meal. Thankfully, we didn't. Uh, we went with, you know, the, the less expensive version, uh, which was reasonably priced for a steakhouse. And... From the appetizers to the steak to the dessert, the wine, I never had a meal. That I, haven't, I, don't, I don't think I've had a meal that good maybe since I was in uh, Argentina having a steak there. It's nice. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So those moments only happen but once <coughs> in a few. Right. So to me, that moment's a perfect 10. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's, for me, there's only been six right, that I've given so far. 
there's two more that probably will get converted to a perfect 10 in retrospect, um, but we're waiting for a separate time for that. Um, but even even up to 9.4, like anything that I've done up to that, like there may be a couple dozen places, and those literally are probably the best places to get in New York. You wanna, uh, you wanna let us know where they are, or you want people to get the book? <laughs> <laughs> Give us, give us a little info on I'll this. I give you. I'll pull it up. I'll Let our audience know where they should be I'll eating in New York. That sounds. And, and and this this is like, whether you're a local or not, this is this is no matter what you like to eat, you're gonna like this stuff. Yeah. So like, if you think about it, right? As as a New Yorker. Yeah. Um, how many times you go into a place and get a slice of pizza and it's just like okay, or you go to a restaurant and you get a meal and you're like, all right, right? You shouldn't have to do that, right? Like. Every meal you should eat should be at least very good. Right. If not fucking amazing, right? Like, right. so I'm just making it easier for you to not have to eat at meh places right. anymore. So, like, you could buy the book and for a year go to a different place every week or two, two places a week because yeah. there's coffee, there's dessert, and that's a year of eating where you know everything will be fucking fire. Yeah. Um, hold on. I got to move this and get my beard out of this mic thing. You know, it's, it's unfortunate for people who live in, in cities outside of New York that are in the States, because there's a few, I mean, Chicago has good food, San Francisco has good food, LA, there's, every city has, for the most part, has its good dishes. Yeah. I spent that year in Ohio, in the middle of nowhere, and, you know, it was not funny. Not everywhere like has good dishes. Not everywhere. No. They, they, oh. I, their, their, their dish, their dish they're well known for was uh, biscuits with sausage gravy, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it's not that good. No. And uh, the bread, it was like, oh, let me get that on the, what kind of bread do you want? Oh, I'll take a baguette. It's hot dog bread there. It, yeah. It's terrible. I mean, the worst But that, that's a lot of America. Yeah. That's a lot of the world. Like, you mm. leave the major population centers and it, it, it's going to be basic. Unless you're somewhere near, like, a farm, but probably not in the U.S. Yeah. Probably more like in Italy, for example, or Sardinia. Of course. Yeah. 100%. All right, so I'm looking through. So Second Avenue Deli, by far the best pastrami in the city, um, kills cats any day of the week. Mm. Uh, Christina Deli in Whitestone I don't know. has amazing sandwiches. Uh, let's see, burgers. You gotta go to Jackson Hole at least once. The burgers are literally about I've this thick and Hole. delicious. But yeah. If you do, you got to go also go to the location by the airport because that's more of like the old school diner feel. Really? So there's like a lot of class good fellas who shot in there. Yeah, by yeah. LaGuardia. Yeah, it's on, uh, it's on the side, the, just the road, the yeah. service road. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's literally, if you're on the DCT, it's literally on the service road. Really? I'm pretty sure it's uh, Story Boulevard. Okay. Yeah, uh, serve, yeah, yeah. Uh, down the hatch has some of the best wings really? in the city. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but first off, him and my brother spent many nights at Down the Hatch. Down the Hatch was the shit. Was it $2 beers? Yeah, I mean, the drinks were always cheap. They still are. Yeah. But the wings, even still to this day, in the city. Yeah. That's insane. Oh, me and Mandy were at Down the Hatch last, right when they started COVID, started like they started to do ease restrictions. Yeah. Me and Mandy were at Down the Hatch and probably had like freaking 12, 13 beers each. Oh, my God. Yeah. Not surprised. Um,. Coffee, I like uh, 787 
I don't know if you know them. They're uh, I'm not a coffee drinker. It's a Puerto so. Rican spot. Yeah, so it's <laughs> a, it's um they actually have a farm in Puerto Rico where they grow the beans, and their outpost here just sell the stuff that they grow in their farm in Puerto Rico. Oh wow. Um, Is that the one that's down on what the Avenue A? Right they have I think they have like seven locations in New York oh, City okay. right now. Um, food I don't know pizza I mean there's there's a ton there's Bellucci's and 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 Astoria, of course, you have Defara and L&Bs in South Brooklyn, but both of them are not as good as they used to be. Wits End and Rockaway is a low-key smash. There's a bunch more. There's literally like every kind right, of food. We got some good ones. We there. could talk all day about food. Let's ask another question about you personally. What do you do for fun? I spend time in nature, and like I try to like do the things I enjoy like I, I, I'm very much in a good place now because um, anything I want to do I just do right like I, I'm in a very lucky position like I don't have a boss right I, I you know we're able to do whatever we, we pretty much want and um, I'm just trying to be aspirational like that's really it. like I'm trying to execute as well as I aspire. Uh, explain that. So like, we all want big things or great things, right? But there's a lot of work that goes into actually doing what's necessary to get there. Right. Right. So it's, it's easy to think it, it's harder to do it. Right. So like, I'm just at a point where I'm trying to now put in the work necessary to get me to that next you know, that production company, and then what that means, and then so on and so forth from there. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of moments in time and so on, and it's just doing the shit that I enjoy. Like, if I want to do it, I do it. Like, yeah. I, we talked about this. Like, I used to throw art shows, and I'm going to start doing more in that realm. And will I do that for a couple of years? I have no fucking clue. Right. I may do it for six months and be like, all right, I'm good. Like, I don't need to do this no more. But having that flexibility is fu is incredible, and that's really where I'm at. Like I'm I'm in a very good place to just just be able to try and taste anything I want. You know, it's funny because uh, you're talking about uh, something I've been trying to find a balance with, right? So creating strategy, which is like written down systems in place, and and then also just going with what you feel is right and trusting your decision making, right? Yeah. So I feel like there's obviously got to be a balance of both, but like which one is a determining factor, right? So that's why I have my wife on the back end. Because, yeah. like, she's, she tends to ground me when I may go too far yeah. off into, like, fantasy land. Or right. Or I, what I like to believe is I'm, I'm trying to accelerate too quickly. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not that I won't get there. Right. But it's going to take me a lot longer than what I believe it's going to take me to get there. Right. So instead of being six months to become an internet celebrity, you know, it'll take... 20 years right um but you know it, it's um we got to find those moments and you know I, I don't know that i know all the answers I, like right. my shit evolves every day like corona was incredibly eye-opening period for me mm -hmm. so you know yeah it changed a lot of people's life and i think if you look back and see your life didn't change much during that time you gotta rethink your life in my opinion yeah something had to be had to be wrong you know, um, because I, I mean, listen, we, we've all experienced a ton, but 
there's huge there's been a huge shift in how we also process like new york is not the i'm gonna hustle my face off city anymore by any means like that culture is dead i i disagree i think you've maybe reached a point where you don't have to but others still have to i don't think anybody has to i think because of our phones we all have the ability to do whatever it is that we want within whatever realm I think I'm incredibly lucky to be in the position that I am, of course, but I think nothing that I do is unique to me. I think anybody can can, can do this in whatever this is for them. Well, the the difference is there's people that may have the ideas that can't execute them, right? Mm -hmm. They just don't know that they can. And there's people that don't have these ideas, so of course they can't. They're not going to execute them. So there, there, there are factors that are unique to you. You just maybe... I see, I, I think we're all, we all are individually passionate about a variety of things, mm-hmm. right? And and some of us may not play t- traditional roles in any one thing, but that doesn't mean that we don't have our hands in, in a variety of other things. And I think we're at a point where anybody can make a living doing anything, Yeah. right? Like, I, I think your ability to make what you make in your regular job working for yourself on the internet in some capacity is in an unforeseen moment that we've never seen. So like I agree. And as a byproduct, I think we have to look at how we value and process differently. And I think we have. And I think that hustle, 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 I just think people see past it. I think nobody has a desire to go back to the office five days a week. Right. Except the people that own the businesses and are paying the rent on the office space. Well, I don't necessarily mean hustling in the sense of like feeling like you're working because if you love what you're doing and you're doing but it all then the time, it's not you work. love it. It is, but it's not. It doesn't feel like it. Right, right. But you still do work. Right, right. Listen, is, is yeah. making food content work? Yes. Is like supposed to have a podcast and you have a delay in making two stops to do food? Like, is it is it something you have to deal with and a byproduct of what you do? Absolutely. Right. right? But like, you always have to do something to make money like that's yeah. just life right like unless you're in independently wealthy in which case god bless you yeah. right like <laughs> but you know it when it's not when you wake up in the morning and you're just like yeah like i'm good like yeah, that that's, great that's an amazing fit like uh, but everybody could be there i was online at the queen's night market this past saturday and i'm talking to two people that recognize me and we're talking to one worked for a major marketing company that we all know and he was like, uh, I'd rather be doing this. And it was more along like a nature eco route. And I'm like, why aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, and, and, and the girl, the same exact thing. And I'm like, and, and the jobs that they wanted to get into or the things that they wanted to do, you can do. Like, it wasn't like that they wanted to turn seawater into gold. Right. Right, like it was absolute. Like you can go on the internet and find that job. Like it exists. Right. So maybe you're not designed to run your own business. Maybe you're designed to be a scientist who does research in something, or maybe you're designed to do whatever it is. But yeah. like, there's no reason we can't do the shit that we enjoy all the time. At all. Well, that's, that's always been the saying, find something you love and do it for work, you'll never work a that's day it. in your life, right? That's it. It's always been known, but I think it's the accessibility now is greater, like yeah. you said. The, the barriers to entry don't exist because technology has 
broken it down to the point where anybody who wants to win can win at <coughs> pretty much anything. Right. Right. Like that didn't exist. Like y I couldn't have created the body of work that I've created up to this point. And frankly, it's just minute in the spectrum of what other people have. But like I couldn't have done that a decade ago. True. You know, without millions and millions of dollars. Right. Like and I don't have millions of dollars by any chance. Um, so I think that moment is why it's just like, yo, just give a shit game and yeah. learn. I'm trying to. Yeah. <laughs> just lean into it though. Yeah. Like you have to force yourself. Yeah. Like it it wasn't easy for me to be like, yo, I'm I'm taking this weekend off. And me and my wife have a great relationship and we both take solo trips, so it wasn't like anything from that perspective. It was just booking it and planning it out and being like, You're not working this weekend, right? But like it was incredibly healing. And like I wouldn't have had that, uh, we wouldn't have gone on that shit, like if it wasn't for that. Mm -hmm. So it's like you got to slow down sometimes in order to go faster. And that's even more reason why I'm like, I don't believe in the hustle your face off anymore. I believe work diligently at the shit that you're into without yeah. a doubt. I guess that's what I, yeah. that's what I meant by that. Yeah. So running around like with your head cut off just because you feel like you got to be in motion to get work done. Yeah. I agree. That's yeah. Maybe inefficient. Yeah. Um, Ask some of these questions before we get into the final. Uh, Go for it. Before I oh. ruin the surprise ending. What is your <laughs> <laughs> What is your most embarrassing moment? I know most favorite. I know I this know. is like your your the bane of question uh, of answering for you. So in high school, right? Yeah. I used to. Um, I used to sell candy. Like, you know how people sell candy to support their team? Well, I sell candy to support me. Yeah. Right? And um, I used to sell, like, four or five boxes of Rice Krispie Treats a day. Like, I went to one of the biggest high school leagues. I went to Brooklyn Tech. Yeah. So it was huge. It was, like, 6,000 kids in this high school. Um, so still to this day, people will scream across streets, yo, Rice Krispies! And I'm just like, fuck. Really? Yeah. <laughs> And then I have to tell that story yeah. as to why somebody's screaming Rice Krispies because it just doesn't make sense absolutely otherwise. It's a it's a nickname you don't want you don't like. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> mind. I'm just it's it's there's always it's it's just always a moment where I'm like Rice Krispies. That's yeah. hilarious. Okay, I won't call you Rice Krispies. No, no, no. <laughs> Is there anything I I haven't asked you that you want to share that that um, like the audience know about you? No. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Your questions have been incredible. Thank <laughs> you. I appreciate <laughs> that. I want to know if the guy behind the uh, screens has any questions. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's the you got any questions? Do I have any questions? No, no. I mean, really, honestly, the only question was, I, you know what, when you see people who are always blogging about food or whatever, you always want to know, do you guys have like a, like a spot? And I, I say, I left out the word favorite when I asked. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, there's always a spot that you always like. It's always a go-to spot for it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a handful like that that I that I consistently go to, even though like I eat at a variety of, of different places. But we've also tried to lately start maybe shift a little to like family and experience content. Um, my son has been creating content with me for a little bit now, you know, just to broaden the umbrella because food is just one aspect, but you know, it, it's a bigger picture kind of thing. Gotcha. Uh, I'm gonna keep you posted. I might have this food related uh, 
outside of the venture in partnership with somebody. Nice. Be cool to have you there if possible. Yeah. Uh, all right. <coughs> so last segment of this interview is five rapid fire questions. Shoot. You ready? As long as none of them are favorite anything. <laughs> the first one is, what's your favorite city outside of New York? Negril, Jamaica. Okay. Why Negril? I, every time I've been there, I've, I've felt like utter peace. I've, I've been there five, five times so far. And it's just been one of those places that have just been like, like I've felt peace at a level that I, I just haven't elsewhere. Have you traveled much outside of U.S. Caribbean? Like, have you done? Oh, yeah. I've been to, I've been over Europe. Mm. Um, like we talked about, I've been to Egypt yeah. and Sudan. Um, I lived in Central America. I lived in Costa Rica for, for, for three and a half months. Um, so I, I've been lucky to travel. I haven't done much of like, I haven't done any of Asia or Australia. Right. I just think that this content will bring me there probably in the next year. Yeah, or so. one of my favorite places on the planet is Japan. Yeah, uh, Tokyo is amazing. Um, Okinawa was a great experience. Hokkaido was cool, but it's like snowboard skiing. Yeah, I want to do Kyoto and Osaka, but like as a food lover, the food there is amazing, and the culture, the people—it's just so different mm-hmm. that. Uh, you got to appreciate, I don't know, it's just, it's hard to find places where I, I really get uh, a unique experience that I've never experienced before. Absolutely. China was like that. Yeah, China yeah. was like a different planet. Yeah. There's not many <coughs> other places in America. America, even Europe, uh, they embrace a lot of the Western culture. So you go to the East and uh, that's, that's a different, a totally different animal. Yeah. I definitely, I highly recommend you go. Yeah. It's definitely, like, the, I, I I'll leave tomorrow. Right. Like, yeah. There's nothing at this point stopping. Right. We're just trying to figure out next steps and mm-hmm. you know. But yes, to all of it. Japan is yeah, amazing. Yeah. I ultimately want my son to be able to touch all seven continents before his 18th birthday. Oh, that's yeah, big goal. So I, it was something I wanted to do before I turned 30, and then life changed. I had my first marriage that didn't work, and then I got. I'm with my wife and kid and so on. So now it's like, you know what, let's experience it as a family. Like yeah. Um, so that's kind of like one of the longer term goals. It's a good one for your kid. He'll appreciate that as he's, yeah. as he's older. Uh, if you could do any other profession, what would it do? What would you do? <laughs> um, I'm almost offended. You're laughing. What's up? <laughs> I don't know. Because I feel like I'm at that point. Like I, I just, I just got that over that, like, like literally I'm at that precipice point of like leaving one profession and going to another. So like it's hard for me to think of it, but like, honestly, I'd probably say like running a nonprofit. Okay. So like for me, that's the goal. Like once I hit my magic number and I'm done and I don't have to work anymore, um, it's to run like a nonprofit. That's a great answer. I think, I think personally, if I was independently wealthy, I wouldn't sit on my ass and do nothing. No, I would do stuff bored. that exactly. Plus, also having purpose in your life is important to to human. Like that's the purpose of human is to have pur- purpose of life is to have purpose. So, uh, next question is: What's your vice? Trees. Trees, yeah. yeah. I'm happy that I'm at a point that I can actually admit that. Like, because yeah. for a long time, like I wouldn't, but it, that's what it's. Uh, like. For non-New Yorkers, you want to tell them what that is? No, we'll let them Google it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Trees. Uh, he they loves nature. If they don't know what it is, they don't need to. <laughs> we loves, move on. He loves nature, folks. Nature. <laughs> Got it. There you go. What's your uh, What's your greatest fear? 
disappointing my son. Right? Like, like, not, like, just failing. Right? Like, you go fuck up. Right? That's, like, we're all going to fuck up. Well, as parents, every parent fucks up their kid in some way. That's just life. Right? Like, you, you hope to evolve. You hope to break some generational habits. Right? But you're all going to fuck up your kid in some way. Yeah. Right? But, yeah, that would be it. I like I'm not really, shit don't really scare me. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up in a different part of New York. Like, right. like uh, Yeah, but that's a that's a legitimate fear that I feel like anyone who's a parent that actually wants to be a good parent and gives a shit. Yeah. Would be their greatest fear. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had a situation where So recently I was in the subway and this was uh five days after that subway shooting, right? And I was on the subway with my son. And we had spent the whole day together. <laughs> we had went to Coney Island on the subway, so like went through the hood and had no issues. And then we were in the city and then pulling into Union Square and people are running full speed on the platform. And I'm like, fuck, what's going on, right? Like, train doors open, and they're like, he's got a knife, he's got a knife. And I got my son with me, right? Like, if it was just me, it's a totally different story. I probably would have pulled down my phone and like filmed, right. honestly. But I picked him up, I put him under my arm, I ran to the end of the platform, went out the train station and felt numb and walked from 14th to Houston to catch another train to go home. And I never felt numb like that in my life. And it was crazy. Like, because all I wanted to do was protect him. But in that moment, I had to realize that on that walk, like, I had to be strong for him. Yeah. Because I didn't want to scare him. Yeah. I didn't want him to not want to take the subway again. Yeah. And um, luckily, he's fucking trooper. Yeah. And a couple of days go by, and I'm talking to him, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about this. Like, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like it didn't happen. And he's like, you know, honestly, Daddy, Union Square was scary, but I like the subway. Can we go on the subway again? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it's definitely made me cautious in other moments, and I've definitely had some, like, PTSD as a, as a byproduct just in, like, responding to other yeah. situations. But, like, it was just a reminder that this is still New York. Yeah. Right? Like, you, you still got to keep, like, it's definitely not the New York I grew up in in the 80s yeah. and 90s, but it's, it's still New York. You still yeah. got to, you know. Yeah. Keep your eyes open. I agree. It sounds like you're an amazing father, man. Thank you. Thank you. Please I'm trying. I'm trying. Sounds like it. Um, so last question mm-hmm. on a totally different topic. And I yes. appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah. Um, appreciate you keeping a little peek into your your personal life. Um, but the last question is is real easy. It's another what's your favorite question. <laughs> but you, you keep prepared, obviously. I did. What's your favorite food? All right. So I don't have a favorite food. Yeah. So well, this is one of my favorite foods. So I've been going to this place since I was a child, um, 76. So they're open longer than I'm alive. Uh, it is called Fortunato Brothers Bakery in Williamsburg. Okay. Um, and so I went, and since I don't have a favorite pastry either, I picked up three of my favorites. And I don't know if this unboxing is working too well. Easier. I know so Bam's got a knife in his pocket. Right. There we go. You're gonna trigger the <laughs> algorithm with the knife. <laughs> leave, it, leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it. So um, thank oh, you though. I appreciate it. So we I got cannolis. Cannolis. Yeah. 
Some Basta chose with the cross and without the cross. So this is more of like a custardy filling. Yeah. And this is more of like a cream filling. So, so uh, I, I, I'm going to leave these all with you. Yeah. Because I'm on a diet. Well, funny enough, yeah. me too, and I can't have gluten right, Well, right Bam, now. where's Bam? Bam. Bam. This is what you you got to taste do. this for us, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all right, I'll taste and, it. And, and, my, and mine's like doctor right. ordered, so I got to kind of stick to it. All right, but all right, all right. I'll, I'll try this. Who one. doesn't love a gre- good cream pie? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That, that, <laughs> Don't you dare put that in the real. <laughs> then you get my face dropped. <laughs> like the so what? What exactly? Okay, before. So this is without the cross. This all right. So I'll open it. Yeah. So are you? Are you? Which camera should I point to? That one. Right. This right. one. So like, you open it and it's like a creamy center in there. Like custard. Yeah. Yeah, like custardy, and it's delicious. Okay. Is that lemony or no? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Like uh, custardy. Yeah. Yeah, cannoli. You know what a cannoli is, yeah, right? Yeah, obviously cannolis, well known. And what's so the one with the cross? There's also custard in there. No, it's more. It's a little more creamy, a little thicker. Yeah. Where's my bag? Fuck it, bag, Bam. I'm taking this other one, Bam. We ain't putting the food to waste. This whole so. segment's gonna make for a great reel. You realize <laughs> that, right? <laughs> I'm with you know, it. We're, we're with it. We're with it. I, I have no problem with it. It's fine. Uh, I'm gonna be embarrassed All to right, see so when I, I set out. Yeah. Who doesn't love a good cream pie? Obviously, I was saying it for a reason to be funny, so. It's all right. It's all right. Anyway. Sometimes those moments are the ones that go the most viral. Yeah, like, what's great so is my, one, my mom watches this. It's all right. Your mom, <laughs> your mom knows what a cream pie is as well. <laughs> if she didn't, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> True. So this is more like, I don't want to say cheesy. It's not really cheesy. It's like oh, it a looks thicker. Like, that looks like a Italian cheesecake. Kind similar. Of. Yeah. Very similar. So. I'm gonna leave these with you since I've now touched these. Yeah. I will, I will eat a little later. Bam, you, will you eat this? Bam, we I got know. Home, Bam. Come on. We gotta eat something, Bam. Yeah. Which one? Wanna try cannoli? What do you want? Come get one. Come on. Yeah, I gotta see you on camera yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this it is just epi- me or can these guys be brothers? This I don't know. <laughs> yeah, these guys. Let's see what you look like. Let's go. <laughs> he used to be on the camera. Yeah, all right. Make sure you get in the, in the, one of the cameras here yeah, so we can yeah. see you. There you go. It's Bam. You hear his beautiful voice all the time. Oh, you can't hear my voice right now. You hear his beautiful voice, and there's his beautiful face mm. eating a cannoli and some cream. All right, well, <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at there with the cream. There we will. Mike, thanks for being no, on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll have to get you back on an adventure soon. Absolutely. And uh, I'm excited. Yeah, let's, let's just uh, let's do more. Absolutely. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.